Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where you got to hear a little bit from my husband as well and uh, loved having him on the podcast as our first ever guest. I don't know what kind of rhythm we'll do for guests in the future, but uh, really enjoyed that time with him and I hope you did too. So yeah, you might be wondering, look, Rachel, you said it was episode 100 and I'm looking on my Apple podcast and it was not episode 100. Well, fun fact, Apple does not count podcasts numerically as most of the world does. They leave off the first couple and I don't know what to make of that. So it actually was technically episode 100, even though for some of you guys listening on Apple, it wasn't for you. So that was weird and I don't know what to do about that. But moving on, I wanted to give you guys an update about something super fun that we have um, coming very soon. If you follow me on social media, you probably already found out we're about to launch a women in ministry coaching group. It's called Phoebe and Friends, and I am so excited about this. It is going to be a 12-week mentoring class. It's going to happen this fall, fall of 2021, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So the idea behind Phoebe and Friends is basically in the New Testament, We have all these women who are doing amazing things for God in ministry. We've got Phoebe. Phoebe is the one who um, Paul actually entrusted with the letter to the Romans. She was responsible for delivering the letter to Rome, the church in Rome, and uh, essentially holding the gospel in her hands. Really, really amazing woman that Paul trusted deeply, a leader in the church. And we've got people like Junia, who was the first, one of the first women apostles. We've got Priscilla, who was a Bible teacher, a mother to many, a church planter. I kind of consider her to be pretty apostolic as well. Um, and the list goes on. Mary Magdalene, of course, we've got the lady who um, met Jesus at the well and then went on to like lead her whole city to the Lord. Uh, man, so many amazing women in the New Testament. And so we're calling it Phoebe and Friends because I love the idea that as women, we can have a, a very diverse range of calling in ministry, but all of it is important and all of it is needed. And so really what we're doing is creating an opportunity for leadership growth, for coaching, for mentoring, and um, I'm pumped. Basically, in this group, we are doing what I would want for my own personal growth. So we're going to have interviews with world-class women who are in ministry in various kinds, um, and they're going to be sharing some of their just hard-earned wisdom, and and I'm really excited for you guys to hear from them. Uh, you're also going to be getting information on how to take your Bible studies to the next level, how to really you know approach theology for yourself. Um, you're going to be getting actual practical coaching on communicating and preaching, how to be a better storyteller, how to be coherent when you're speaking, how to engage an audience while you're preaching to them. And I'm really excited about that. And there's so much more that we're going to be covering. And uh, it's going to be tailored just for women. It's going to be awesome. So if you are a woman who is a lead pastor, an executive pastor, a woman's pastor, a small group leader, a Bible study teacher, a kid's pastor, I mean, really, if you feel called to ministry, that's your primary calling in life, this group is probably for you. So check it out. You can follow me on social media. We'll be giving more info. You can go to my website. It is www.rachelwartman.com. I will just tell you right now, if you're listening to this in real time, the website does not look 
look good. It is uh, being revamped and it is ugly right now. So don't judge me and I won't judge you. Um, <laughs> just teasing. But seriously, it's gross. So you can find information about Phoebe and Friends on there, but it's a pretty depressing experience. So rachelwartman.com, social media, Facebook, Instagram, that's where the info is going to be. All right. Let's dive into today's topic. We're talking today about calling. And uh, how do you know if you're called? How do you know if God wants to use you? And also we're talking about, you know, how do you find a calling if you want one? I don't know about you, but I think most of us kind of go between or we oscillate between this desire to be called and then confusion about what that calling is. We have this sense of longing for significance, this sense of longing to make an impact on the world. And then when we get practical about it, we don't have a clue what to do to actually make that impact. Today, I'm hoping to demystify the idea of calling and really help you clarify what you're here on the earth to do. The bottom line is this. You are called. You are chosen. This is what Jesus says, right? That you are a chosen nation. You're a royal priesthood. Just by being who you are, by being in Christ, you have something deeply significant to offer to the world. I am all about giftings. I genuinely believe every single one of us has a gifting, a specific you know, assignment on our life, maybe multiple assignments over a lifetime. I really believe that we, have, we are filled with purpose as humans. But when we begin to focus on trying to figure out what our giftings are, or maybe I should say when we get over-focused on trying to uh, desire certain giftings, being upset that we don't have other giftings, we end up kind of skewing the way the system is supposed to work. When I read passages like 1 Corinthians where we get the one of the lists of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people read it as like, here's the nine things that you can do, right? Faith, healing, you know, discernment prophecy, word of knowledge, there's all these different ones of the nine. And we can read that and, and, and this is how I read it. I read it as Paul saying, look, you've seen these things coming out of you. Look, we have people who have gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. When we read it to say, which one of these am I? And we try to pigeonhole ourselves into what we're reading. I think we get a little bit off course because our primary purpose on the earth your primary calling is to be with Jesus and to reflect him. It's to be connected to the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit move through you. So when the Holy Spirit moves through you, certain things are going to happen. But if we ask the Holy Spirit to do those things through us, can you see how it's a little nuanced, but it begins to get a little bit skewed? I'm not saying it's wrong, right? I, I remember Smith Wigglesworth saying when Paul says, I eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts and Smith Wigglesworth was like, I do too. And I'm really going after it. I'm asking the Lord to build these gifts into my life. And I would say that's awesome if that's what's in you, right? I had a point in my life where I went through a, a long season, several years where I was like, God, I want to experience all the spiritual gifts. I want to speak in tongues. I want to have interpretation of tongues. I want to see a miracle. I want to give a prophetic word. I want to do all these different things. I think that's amazing. But when we begin to say, this is the gift that I want, God, I think the Lord will honor that. He will allow us to go down a journey to pay the price for that gift. But it's a much better option to ask the Lord to fill you and see what he does through you. Again, this is nuanced stuff. This is this is subtlety, right? This is not uh, not as hard black and white as we want it to be. Because again, we are challenged to desire all the spiritual gifts. 
I think what Paul is going for, one of the things when the Lord wrote that through him is, is that when we close ourselves off to some gifts of the Holy Spirit, we actually close ourselves off to the Holy Spirit himself, right? And so we want to eagerly desire whatever God wants to do through us, because if we're hesitant that he might do something we don't like, we end up resisting him without fully understanding that. What does it look like for you to be connected to the Lord, to be filled to the point where it is coming out of you? It is overflowing from you. It's like a it's like a deluge to everybody around you. And then to be able to step back and see what is happening through that. For example, I, I believe I have the gift of healing, maybe not, you know, an astounding way, but at least a little bit. I've seen some really cool healings. And I remember uh, a season of my life about 10 years ago when I started seeing scoliosis be healed. And in the period of a couple of weeks, I saw scoliosis healed like five times or something like that. I wasn't the one praying for it every single time. I think three of them I was praying for. And then the other two, I was just in the prayer team with the people who were praying. But I thought that's so unusual, right? It's so unusual. Well, I wasn't asking the Lord, anoint my hands to heal backs. I was asking God, whatever you want to do, do it through me. And all of a sudden, people's backs began to be healed. I've had this happen a number of different times in other types of of ways. And what I believe is important about this, and of course, I'm not trying to make a theology off of my experience, but what I've observed is when our focus is being connected to God, he will make sure that he's flowing through us. And as he's flowing through us, we'll begin to see patterns. Discernment, for example, is another one of my giftings. And I began to realize that I have this ability to discern that when someone's talking, sometimes I'll even see things written over their face. Sometimes I'll even, sometimes it feels a little bit like I'm hearing their thoughts sometimes. I know that's weird, but if I'll ask them, is this what you're thinking? A lot of times they'll say, yeah, it's kind of a strange thing. I didn't ask for the gift of discernment. In fact, of all of them, that would be one that I would not be asking for. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, when he moves in a way where he's expanded in my life from that indwelling presence, it's like it that's what happens. So I've noticed it, so I lean into it. So how does this relate to our calling? Well, at the bedrock of the foundation, you have to know that God wants to use you in specific ways. But the key is that you learn to yield to his presence that you learn how to not resist him, that you learn how to be open to what he wants for your life. If God created you, which he did, but if you believe God created you, then you have to understand he created you for a purpose. And the primary purpose on your life is to be a habitation of his presence, to be connected to him, to be one with him. And then from that place, he can flow out of you. So when we get wrapped up on, God, give me the specifics of what's my purpose, what we're usually trying to do is stepping into a little bit of control, right? Not always, but sometimes we begin to think, okay, Lord, am I a discerner? Then that's what I'll do. And when God wants to move in a different way, then it begins to say, wait a second, that's not really who I am. I'm not the interpreter of tongues. I'm not the giver of corporate tongues. I'm the discerner. And the Lord goes, look, I want you to be free for me to be used through you, whatever it might look like. So again, our primary purpose is to be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And from that place, the overflow becomes the beauty of God at work through our lives. Sometimes that can be quantified. Sometimes it can't. There's a really interesting book called The Path by a lady named Lori Beth Jones. And it's a workbook. I did this a few years ago with a group of women leaders that I'm a part of. And it was really interesting, her approach to helping you identify your calling. And there was all these different adjectives, all these different um, 
descriptions and applications that you could put together and, and really get a sense from the Holy Spirit, you know, is this what I'm here on the earth to do? And the end goal was that you would have a sentence, kind of like a mission statement for your own life. This is what God wants to do through me. And I loved it. I think it's I think it's impacting. It's powerful. If you want to check it out, you can get it on Amazon. But what I've discovered in my own life is I want my purpose more than anything to be to be a great daughter to the Lord, to be a great daughter to Father God. And when I focus on that, everything else just has a way of working itself out, right? So if you're listening to this and you're saying, look, Rachel, I want a calling. I need to know my calling. Here is your calling. First and foremost, be a great son or a great daughter to the Lord. Be a great brother or a great sister to Jesus. Allow the Lord to become the most important thing in your life. And I am telling you, if you focus on that, everything else will work itself into place. It just will. This is biblical, right? Jesus says, look, seek first the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added to you. So if we begin to seek the gifting, if we begin to seek the explanation of our purpose, then we're not actually seeking the kingdom, right? We're seeking clarity. That's not necessarily wrong. God loves clarity. I genuinely believe that. But can you see the subtlety there? So here's what you need to do, because I cannot make these assumptions for you. I can't tell you, here's the motivation that's going on in your heart. All I can do is say, look, search your own heart and see what your driving reason for your purpose is. I'll tell you for me, I wanted to know my purpose, honestly, for a long time so that I could feel a little bit better than everybody else. Is it okay that I just admitted that to you? For a long time, I wanted to be called out with some big prophetic word of some amazing thing that God wanted to do in my life, and, and then everybody would know that I'm special. <laughs> Here's what's wrong with that. I am special because I'm God's daughter. I matter to the Lord. It doesn't matter if anybody else sees it. My dad sees it. He sees me. He wants me near him. That is amazing. If I'm chasing down a calling or a purpose or a prophetic word, then what am I chasing? I'm often chasing that feeling that I'm special, which is what God wants to give out of his own heart. Some of you guys have heard me tell the story before, but for like 10 years, maybe longer than 10 years, we would go into ministry times, conferences, et cetera, and, you know, prophets would be there and they'd begin to give people prophetic words. And time after time, somebody would call Grant out of the crowd. I mean, they would just be like, is there, oh, you there, you in the back, stand up, I'm going to give you this unbelievable prophetic word. And it was like, he would get these crazy words about all these things he was going to do in the world. And yes, okay, you could say, Rachel, you're his wife. You know, those words kind of apply to you. I'm like, yeah and no, right? Because they were destiny words for him. And I'm going, God, when are you going to give me a destiny word? Year after year after year, nothing. What do they say in the movies? Bupkis, right? Nothing. Year after year, God, I'm here. And prophets would give me prophetic words, but they were like directional and they would always literally always happen within two weeks. It was like, well, shoot, man, I want something I can hold on to. I want something I can, can claim. I want something that I can hold against everybody else that I feel doesn't like me and prove myself. And you know what the Lord did? This was about, I don't know, eight years ago. He said, Rachel, I need you to understand how to trust my voice. I need you to understand how to trust when I call you to something because you're not always going to have a prophet to confirm it. You're not always going to have some big name person to, to give their stamp of approval. You have obedience 
and you have to learn how to hear from me. I never knew how deeply accurate that was going to be until the last, well, I guess it was probably longer than 10 years ago he said that because the last 10 years of my life have been that journey. It's been the journey of God, you're calling me to something and maybe nobody else gives me any confirmation about it. And he's asking me to obey. He's asking me to accept the assignment. So why are you looking for a purpose? You might feel aimless and that's why you're looking and that's okay. But if you're feeling a need, like, a, like you're feeling insecure, you're feeling like you want to be special, you're feeling like you don't feel special to God and maybe a purpose, a prophetic word, a calling would help you feel that way. Look, you need to cut that out. Cut it out of your heart and let God be your dad and you focus on being a good son or daughter to him. He will make sure everything else falls into place. I'm telling you. The crazy thing about prophetic words and callings and purposes and all of that is, is that honestly, most of us have one overarching purpose and calling of our life, and that's to be a son or daughter of God. And then the rest of the time, God gives us assignments to f- complete, to fulfill. So like for this five-year time frame, you might be assigned to being like a teacher in a public school and you're praying over your kids and you're being a source of comfort and nurturing for them and, and, and God's equipped you to do that and it's amazing. And he might call you to something else as an assignment later on. For me personally, as most of you guys know, we were assigned to be the senior pastors of Bethel OKC for like eight years. And then that assignment was completed and God is sending us out to be the the senior leaders of a new thing we're calling goodness culture. It's a new assignment. It's a fresh assignment. It doesn't mean that our calling is any different because our calling is to be a good son or daughter to the Lord, to be with him, to be yielded to him, to allow him freedom to move in our lives. I hope this is making sense to you. I hope it's bringing clarity to you. Understanding your giftings are important. It's helpful. It helps you know where to focus and where to grow. But I'm telling you, if you will seek first the kingdom, you will get clarity on how you operate in ministry. If you will focus on the presence of God, you will begin to see what flows out of you. You'll have those nudges, right? Those words of knowledge for healing. You'll have the prophetic words to share with other people. You'll have a word of encouragement or a sermon or an insight, a revelatory insight about the word to share with other people. And everybody else will be able to see, whoa, this is God moving through your life. And he's doing it on a regular basis. That's how we discover our assignments. That's how we discover our gifting. But our purpose, the reason why you're on this earth, is always, first and foremost, to commune with God. I imagine some of you guys listening to this feel a little bit let down, right? You feel a little bit like, Rachel, I was really hoping that you would give me some sort of massive revelation that uh, you know was, was going to blow my mind and make me feel really significant. And if that's you, I deeply feel that. I wrestled with that for a really, really long time. But I want to say to you that The highest calling is as a son or a daughter. It actually is the highest calling. It was what was the most costly to Jesus. Think about it. He had taught the disciples how to cast out devils. He taught the disciples how to heal all before he went to the cross. He taught the disciples how to preach the kingdom of God coming, to preach the gospel. All of that happened before he went to the cross. But what did he pay for on the cross? For you to be reconciled to the Father. It is the most expensive part of the salvation moment. It's the most expensive part that Jesus paid. Therefore, it is the highest prize. 
Sometimes we just get annoyed because we don't feel like God shows up as a good father to us. Sometimes we get frustrated because we don't feel like we're encountering him in the ways that that feel satisfying. Look, if that's you, you absolutely need to do whatever it takes to get a breakthrough with God. Because I am telling you, it's not that God doesn't want to be with you. It is not that God's disappointed with you. And it is absolutely not that he thinks badly about you. Any block that you feel is on this side of heaven. It's in the realm of the earth. It might be because you're listening to too much music. It might be that you're watching too much TV. It might be that you're not actually spending time with him. It might be that it's been two months since you've opened your Bible. God wants to be your prize and he wants that highest calling to feel fulfilling to you, to feel significant, for that to be what makes you feel special. It's possible, friends, but you got to press in for it. That's about all the time we have for today. I want to just say a prayer for anybody that's listening to this and that's really wanting a breakthrough. I know in my life I've gone through different seasons where I feel like my experience with God is like a little stale, right? Not that God is stale, but it's like I want something new. I want something fresh. And when I get to that point, a lot of times I I move into what I call breakthrough mode. And in breakthrough mode, I cut out the distractions, right? I I spend extra time with the Lord, not just the normal amount, but that I spend extra time. I, I look for fresh revelation. I look for fresh worship music, and I actually set my heart to breakthrough. Why? Because I fundamentally believe that it's on my end, right? That it's not God withholding from me. It's on my end. And if I will set my heart to break through, if I will seek first his kingdom to be with him, to be a good daughter, to to cut through all the frustration that might be there, if I'll do that every single time, I will get the breakthrough and you will too. You might need to fast. You might need to rally friends to pray for you. You might need to humble yourself and confess sin to a leader. You might need to do something out of the box, but you can be truly satisfied in the presence of God. Your calling as a son or a daughter can feel unbelievably significant in ways you never thought possible. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the the blood of Jesus has bought and paid for our ability to be connected to you eternally. Lord, we thank you that our highest calling is to be your son, to be your daughter. And Lord, our desire is to be a good son or daughter. Our desire is to be faithful to you, to to honor you, to walk with you, to invite you into our everyday lives, to live with you in every single way. Oh God, for those that are struggling, for those that are, are on this search for significance, for those that are really wrestling with their own insecurities, Father, would you bring breakthrough to them right now in Jesus' name? Would you give them the guts to say no to everything the enemy is wanting to do in their lives and humble themselves and come straight to your throne? And Lord, we just make a declaration that your breakthrough will come when they position themselves to encounter that. Father, for everybody that's searching for an assignment that's feeling a little bit aimless, God, we just ask for clarity over them as well in the name of Jesus, that they would know exactly the thing you've asked them to put their hand to in this season and uh, and that they would do that with all their heart. We love you, Jesus. Wow, we love you so, so much in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all I've got for you guys today. Until next time, be blessed. 
So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.